time. So let's go ahead and mute ourselves if we haven't already done so. And I'm just going to give my cat a minute here to settle down. Okay. Good evening. My name is Michelle and I will be your moderator for this class. Welcome to the Madison, Wisconsin branch school. This is a school and not a church and neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year 1958. We hold classes in United States, Canada and certain other foreign countries. The Madison branch was established in 1987. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means that Elohim is a title that our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part into a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language have any characters or letters in their alphabet that will produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus or Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our father and his son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state he is incomprehensible and inscrutable is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on this chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a superincorporeal being 
that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given unto salvation and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, what was the name of the savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of a holy name Bible. Also at this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary constitutional objectives and aims of the Institute are as follows. First, help you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah, without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law, or so-called law of nature, and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern, practical, and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the dragon, the devil, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which is once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And tenth, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. Our scripture reading tonight will be Revelation, the 20th chapter, and that will please be read by Dr. Delilah Tucker of the Madison, Wisconsin School. And if we could begin class with a prayer from Dr. Karen Gagno, also of the Madison, Wisconsin School. Thank you. Let's all bow our hearts and minds unto our Heavenly Father. Yahweh, thank you for gathering us together today so that we can all have some comfort and peace in hearing the truth. 
We thank you for opening our hearts and minds and causing us to see this great truth and causing us to love you and your purpose and to want to please you. We thank you for your commitment unto salvation in your son, Yahshua. Let us all say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll be reading Revelations, the 20th chapter. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones and they sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Yahshua and for the word of Elohim in which had not worshiped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Yahshua a thousand years, but the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed the holy is blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death had no power, but they shall be priests of Elohim and of Yahshua and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth. Gog and Magog together them, I mean, Gog and Magog to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp or of the sons about in the beloved city. And fire came down from God, from Yahweh out of the heavens and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before Yahweh. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and whosoever was found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. 
Thank you. Our readers this evening will be Dr. Callie Gagno and myself, both of the Madison, Wisconsin School, and Dr. Gail Josephson will be a backup reader. She is from the Green Bay, Wisconsin School. Welcome everyone tonight. We're glad to have you with us. Welcome to various visiting brethren from other branch schools. We're glad to have you. Also, anyone watching on YouTube tonight or anyone in the future viewing this Zoom meeting, welcome. We're glad that you could join us. Our first speaker will please be Dr. Mike Josephson, president of the Green Bay, Wisconsin School. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. Um, I thought it was just a silly joke people were making about me getting the first speaker, but I guess the joke's on me. Um, I don't know a lot about everything that's in this scripture, but I can make a few comments. Um, uh, first of all, does anyone know, I, I just remember vaguely someone mentioning about two deaths and two resurrections or does anybody know how that goes? I think Andy might've said it last night. Maybe it's just something that Andy says, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Okay, well. It's something Andy brought up last night for Codron mm -hmm. in, in the class. Yeah. You know, you're gonna physically die but you don't want to have your soul die, that would be the second death. So you want okay. to avoid the second death. That's that's pretty much exactly what I, I was thinking of. Um, first of all, let's go to, um, John, the third chapter, talking about being born twice. Whoever gets it, just start start reading at one. Uh, John three and one. <clears throat> there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Yahshua by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher come from Yahweh, but no man can do these miracles that you do except Yahweh be with him. Yahshua answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of Yahweh. Okay, so Yahshua is kind of making this kind of riddle kind of statement here because as, as we can see as we go further down, Nicodemus has no idea what he's talking about. Keep going. Nicodemus said unto him, uh, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Well, and Yahshua is not talking about anything physical here, obviously. Keep going. Yahshua answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of Yahweh. Okay, so when you're born, you're born the first time. Um, you know, your mom, your mother's bag of waters breaks and then you come out. That's the first birth. But then the second birth is a spiritual birth. And it says right in here that 
without being born a second time, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. Keep going. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it lists, and you hear the sound thereof, but cannot, but cannot tell where it came and where it goes. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. Okay, so, you know, it's, it's obvious, you know, we, we, we don't know everything there is to know about all this, but, you know, when it comes, it's going, and when it happens, you know, we'll know then. Um, but that doesn't mean that you, you can't, you know, you're, you're in class, you're paying attention to what's going on, and you do. You do grow in the spirit. Um, maybe need Sasha's help. Where, where is it uh, where it's sort of a parable talking about Lazarus and the, the great gulf? Does anybody know where that is? Sasha? <laughs> I have to look it up. Um, Luke 16 and 26. Could be. Um, yes, let's see. Maybe I'll pick it up at 25. But Abraham said, son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and thou art tormented. Oh, and Michelle, beside, mm -hmm. how about picking it up at 19? Okay. Please. Luke 16 and 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus who was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So, you know, we, this, this, this Lazarus, this poor beggar um he's he's in this in in this life and in, in in the flesh he doesn't have anything he's just he's just begging for the crumbs off of the rich man's table and um it's it's pretty sad when the only person that the only animal that can take care of you is a dog oh, keep going and, and it I'm not came to pass Okay, go ahead. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. Okay, now, obviously this is this is sort of a, it, I mean, this chapter begins with a parable and this is obviously a parable too. And, and, and hell isn't a physical thing and the torment isn't physical, it's spiritual, but it, it's still, 
it's still pretty, pretty bad. Um, just that you you can you could poor poor rich man he can see what he what he missed, but there's a okay keep keep going we'll get to the part the next part right away go ahead. Verse twenty five, but Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. See, so the 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 rich man is 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 begging for mercy, but I, I, the the mercy's it's it's not there anymore. There's this great gulf now, you know. So it's kind of like it, it's what once we're we're in the grave, it's too late. It's too late to 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 make amends. We have to we have to do it while we can. And you know, I, I've been just enjoying a lot all the the scripture or all the the lessons that we've been having in class lately. The, the, the thing about the um, the virgins and the oil, you know that that you have we have to we have to come to class. We have to think about these things. We have to be ready for it when it comes. So that you know, why don't, why don't we why don't we just get that just for the the purpose of of explaining that? I I want you to keep your finger in here, but. Where is the um the the virgins in the oil? It's uh, Matthew twenty five and one. Mm -hmm. Okay, Kelly, could you get that, please? Yep, <clears throat> I was just about to say Matthew twenty five and one. <clears throat> then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Now but that's a big mistake. You know why would why would you take a lamp with no oil? Does it make any sense at all? Keep going. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom comes, go you out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Oh, give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go you rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while okay, well, go ahead. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. I really thanks for the uh, the uh, dramatization there. I kind of I kind of had a little extra there. Mm -hmm. Sorry. I liked it when kids always spread with expression when I was in school. Um, so the 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 virgins, the the it's it, it's kind of the same thing. If you if you 
if you're waiting till the last minute to, to, to get prepared for the kingdom of heaven, you are going to miss out completely. Let's go back to, um, to Luke and, and pick it right up where you left off, Michelle. Okay, Luke 16 and 27. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear, hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. You know, and, and that's kind of a lesson for us too. We, we, we are in this class and, you know, that's just the basics that we talk about. We, we talk about Moses and the prophets all the time. And if, if people can't even hear that, well, they're not gonna hear a man though he be raised from the dead. Um, so going back to the scripture reading and I, I don't i don't know if we, we want to read it but well let's just pick up the first resurrection the second resurrection the first death and the second death so maybe start at four maybe does that seem right revelation 20 and 4 and I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Yahshua, and for the word of Yahweh, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads, or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with the Messiah a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that has part that has part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power. But he but they shall be uh, priests of the Messiah. Sorry, of Yahweh and of the Messiah, and shall reign with him a thousand years. <clears throat> And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations, which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, together, sorry, to gather them together to battle. The number of them is as the sand of the sea. Drop down to 10, please. 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. See, so coming full circle was talking about the, the second death in the lake of fire, and Satan is cast into that. You know, that, that you know. Before I came to this class, I had no idea of what the lake of fire was. But, you know, heaven and hell, I didn't have an idea what that was either. And But when, when, at the end times, you know, when, when, when this earth is dissolved, 
you know, the, the, the good people are going to be with Yahweh and the bad people, the, the people that didn't heed his warnings while he, while he was yet alive, they're going to be in the lake of fire, you know, and it's not a good place. And it's too late. It's too late to, to make amends then. Um, I think that's just about all I have. Thanks for the time. Thank you. Our next speaker will please be Dr. David Klopach of the Madison, Wisconsin School. Hello, class. <clears throat> um, Mike, I don't know why you stopped. I was just listening, relaxing here. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. Um, I don't know where to take it from here. Um, where did Mike, where did Mike leave off on in Revelation? What, where was he just the last scripture you just wrote, read in Revelation? Verse 10. Verse 10. 10. 10. Okay. Um, all right well let's let's just continue it out here if you want to start there i'll see what i can think of uh, i'll start again at 10 and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever and i saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, stand before Yahweh, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea yeah. gave Just stop for just a quick second. Um, so this is that... You know, this is all them. They saw all the dead. So we all had our first death. Um, and it doesn't matter. It's small and great stood before Yahweh. And this is that book of life. And the book of life, if you're not familiar with it, you know, they reference it quite a bit throughout the Bible. Um, that you don't want to be blotted out of the book of life. Um, meaning that... <clears throat> um, you want, you want to be in there because if you're not, then you end up in the lake of fire or is what we call hell. Um, continue on here. Okay. <clears throat> 13. And the sea gave up the dead, which were in it and the dead and the death and hell and death and hell delivered up the dead, which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. 
Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Yeah, and that's the end of that. <clears throat> um, so, you know, this is, in, in Revelations, this is how, how this is written. It's not like, uh, you know, we have a, uh, no one got there, <laughs> if you will. There hasn't been someone that died, got to this point where the, uh, the day of reckoning, um, where you're judged by your works here and saw this happen. So I just want that to be clear. Um, this isn't a vision that was given to John on the Isle of Patmos that shows here, right there in the upper right-hand corner of this chart. You see him over there? There he is. He had this vision and revelation that wrote the book of Revelation. And <clears throat> so it's his account of what Yahweh showed him of how this worked, how this will work at the, at the end here. Um, once we are judged for our works at the end um, and seeing if we are in that book of life. So the main thing, like, it's not something like I, I you know, I have my son Lewin here and we sit here and we go through class and we, you know, read the scripture reading. And this isn't something that you got to say, well, geez, I sure hope I'm in this book of life. I don't want to end up with death and the hell and the dead and the Satan and the dragon and going in this lake of fire. It all sounds pretty bad. Um, and this, this is, you know, like I said to Lewin, this is, don't worry, you're in the book of life. <laughs> you know, um, you doubting that you're not in the book of life, that's Satan's job as well. All right, folks, that's, that's his job to give you doubt. Um, if you're, if you understand Yahweh's purpose, it, or if you're learning about Yahweh's purpose and it's important to you and you want to know more, it's, and you have this desire for knowledge and understanding and you love Yahshua with your whole heart, soul, and mind. This isn't something you have to worry about, but it's good to know how it goes down. Um, because if you think about, uh, like, uh, people have experiences with death, right? People write books about it. Everyone that dies, more or less, uh, they see a light and they want to go towards the light. So from that perspective, it, it sure seems like everybody that dies just goes to heaven. That's this first death. And this is how I understand it. That's your physical death. And we have, there's two different things, right? We're physical and we have spiritual. Give me the scripture where it says what to be carnally minded. Um, Romans six. Romans eight and six. Do you want me to pick it up at all? Yeah, here. Yeah, please. Um, let's see. 
I might as well just start at one. Yeah, sure. Yep, yep, yep. <clears throat> there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Yahshua the Messiah, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Oh, and that's perfect. You know, you, you didn't even get to the spot I wanted you to get to. And that's that's every that's what we need to know. <laughs> so there's no condemnation to them that walk that are with Yahshua or walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. It's like what I said, the desire to know, to know Yahshua. Uh, go ahead. And there's no condemnation, meaning you don't have to be worried. You don't have to worry about getting blotted out of that book of life. Anyways, go ahead. For the law of the spirit of life in Yahshua, the Messiah has made me free from the law of sin and death. Mm -hmm. for, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, Yahweh sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. So this is just um, uh, Paul talking about that where, uh, you, you know, we had to, we didn't have to, that people, the people in the Jewish faith had to, right, give sacrifices, sin sacrifice, all in that tabernacle that we show down here in the middle of the chart. And that what the law could not do, he sent Yahshua, Yahweh sent Yahshua um, to take sin away. Continue on. That the righteousness, <clears throat> excuse me, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Okay. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Okay, so to be carnally minded or physically minded, where you you look at something in the world and you only see it for what it is in the world. Um, a tree is only a tree. I am just making really easy things. Um, when or you might be, uh, people look at it carnally where it's fleshly minded. Oh, look at how uh, fat that guy is, or look at how fit that guy is, or look at his muscles, or look at how he doesn't have muscles, or whatever, you're just physically minded, you only see that, you don't say, oh, that's a nice guy. I really like that, he has a good heart. You see what I mean? You see the difference? So carnally minded, is enmity. Oh, go ahead. I'm going to the next one. But to be carnally minded is death and to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So you have carnal or physical and you have spiritual, right? So the point was when we die, it's not the end of our soul. When we die, we die a physical death. Our heart stops beating. Our body goes away. But our spirit, our soul, if you will, um, that's the part of us that stays. Now, that's the part that we go on to. If you go to the dispensations and ages chart, real quick. Yeah, um, where we have the Sabbath, the immortality, right? That fifth age, kingdom age. Um, and then we're, we all, we all die and we don't all just disappear whether you're in the book of life or not. That's this thing where it's talking about this. If when you're judged, okay, that in, in, what in revelation is talking to the judged, whether you're in the book of life or not, 
okay? But we all have to die this physical death. This next part is spiritual. That's what's happening to your soul. So let's continue here on in Romans 8, please, though, on 7, because I skipped ahead. Because the carnal mind is enmity against Yahweh, for it is not subject to the law of Yahweh, neither indeed can be. Mm -hmm. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please Yahweh. Yeah, how is that? You cannot please Yahweh in the flesh. <laughs> Continue on. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of Yahweh dwell in you. And that's, yeah. that, that's, this, that's the part we need. Continue. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Yahshua, he is none of his. Mm -hmm. And if Yahshua be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit of life because of righteousness. Oh, the spirit, I'm sorry, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Right. But if the spirit of him that raised up Yahshua from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Yahshua from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you, through the spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Yep. So this is all, it's all just reiterating that same thing. Live by the spirit. And it's easier said than done. But that's why it's not our, it's not up to us. We get this gift by grace that we're allowed, that we're allowed that we have Yahshua working right within us. And if you're wondering, well, is Yahshua working within me? Well, do you understand anything that's being preached? If you do, that means Yahshua is working within you. Um, bring up that the tabernacle if you could. Um, so here is, is part of the law, you know, in the beginning on Romans 8, um, where they were talking about the law. Um, whereas Yahshua has made this more perfect by dwelling right within us. See, the people had to bring their sacrifices and atone for their sins. And that was the way that it worked. And in this chart, we show how that tabernacle pattern relates directly to your physical body, right? So like I said, or I didn't say it's in the Bible, we have a physical and spiritually, a spiritual body. So to be carnally minded is death, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And the most holy place, if you can look up here, that's where Yahweh dwelt, or he, he appeared, I'm not going to say he dwells, Yahweh is everywhere, everything, but he appeared between the archangels, okay, um, and then the sins were forgiven. Now, if you go over to our brain, we're our brain as a physical, uh, uh, showing our physical body, but our brain is the most holy place. That's the thing that people, no one really understands how the brain works. We have ideas, it's all these electrical currents, but we have ideas where, what parts of the brain do what, but brain surgery is way not even close to being a, a, a reliable science. You know, um, They're not quite sure what's gonna happen when they take out chunks. So if you have cancer and so on and so forth. Um, so 
that's our spiritual part is the brain. If you look at here, that's where, yeah, that's uh, an idea of it. But we really need to look at the spiritual portion of us. And that is, um, you have your body, which is your physical, and you have your soul and your spirit. Spirit, soul, body is our three parts of the spiritual side of us. Now, body is physical. Um, spirit is Yahweh makes everything run. And without breathing his name, you don't live, right? Because you have to breathe his name. And without breathing it, you're not getting oxygen into your body and powering your brain, so on and so forth. And then you have your soul. And the soul is what lives on um, inside you. And that's your that's the thing that's not going to die with your physical death, your soul inside you. Um, can you just uh, continue on on eight, just because there's a few more things that I just want you to say in here? <laughs> sure. I think we left off on 14, Romans 8 and 14. Yeah. For as many as are led by the spirit of Yahweh, they are the sons of Yahweh. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of Yahweh. And if children, then heirs, heirs of Yahweh and joint heirs with Yahshua. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Yeah, and I just wanted you to get that because we are here. Um, so the spirit itself bear witness with our spirit. And you might think, well, what the heck does that mean? But we have Yahshua spirit working with, right within our spiritual body. Uh, within our soul, just like, think about it, just like that that the, the high priest going through the tabernacle. We have Yahshua going through our tabernacle, and he's working with us. And spirit itself, bear witness with spirit, as it's Yahshua working in us, showing us what is right, what is spiritual, and making us spiritually minded, um, that we desire to be spiritually minded. And we are spiritually minded because of Yahshua working within us, if that makes any sense. Um, and even though you might think to yourself when you get these like chapters of, you know, this is all real scary stuff. Uh, when you're thinking about that, you might think right away it, for Revelations 20. I mean, my brain always goes to, ooh, that sounds scary. I'd hate to be one of those people that get tossed in the lake of fire, you know, or one of those souls that are judged out. Um, that's not something that we have to worry about. All right. It's Yahshua's got this thing under control and Yahshua gives us peace while he works within us. And even though you in 18, where it says the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be re revealed in us. So even though you might be suffering or you're going through trials, you got to be thankful for those things too. Those things are Yahshua working with you, making you be more spiritually minded. Um, and you'll get through them and you'll be better off for it. Um, 
I think I think I'm going to end there. So I appreciate your time. Uh, I kind of was redundant to what Mike said, but uh, that's all I have to say about that. So thanks for your time, and thank you, Yashua. Thank you. Our next speaker will please be Dr. Sasha Rachmelievich, president of the Madison, Wisconsin School. Uh, good evening, everyone. Can you hear me well? We can hear you well. Great. So I really enjoyed what uh, Mike and Dave uh, were working with and uh, I will try to uh, continue and I will try to work with uh, several things in the uh, scripture reading, which were, was a Revelation 20th chapter. Now, before doing that, I would like to say as, you know, we, I'm sure all know, but maybe some people who will be watching uh, on YouTube, you know, don't quite, uh, know that um, the book of Revelation, which is considered to be like the most or one of the most difficult uh, books of the Bible, is uh, uh, is a spiritual book, is uh, an allegorical book. The reason I'm saying that, because when you uh, let's say go to the bookstore and uh, there are books of, uh, you know, interpretation of the book of Revelation. You know, in fact, even today I saw this book uh, in the store on the book of Revelation, which is probably 10 or 20 times thicker than the book of Revelation, just interpretation, what it means. And the Christian interpretation of the book of Revelation is literal. And it's literal, it's not only the book of Revelation, but all other books of the Bible are interpreted literally. Because if you investigate uh, the Christian uh, doctrine, you will find out that the rule of uh, the Bible interpretation is to take, and I'm pretty much quoting, is to take everything literally unless it's stated otherwise. So unless it's, uh, it says, you know, this is a, a spiritual or symbolic uh, interpretation. So therefore, what we read in the book of Revelation, including uh, the 20th, uh, chapter of Revelation. In Christianity is being interpreted uh, literally as we read about this 1000 years and the interpretation, especially now, the closer we're to the end of the age, uh, the more you hear about this uh, Christ is coming and the millennium uh, kingdom on earth is uh, uh, is going to uh, happened very soon, and millennium means 1,000. So they take this um, chapter, Revelation uh, 20th chapter, they read about 10,000 uh, years when we are going to read 
and already read a little bit. And they say, look, this is a prophecy. This is a prophecy what's going to happen when the uh, Jesus Christ will set his feet on the Mount of Olives. That's how they misinterpret uh, another prophecy uh, in the Bible. And uh, he is going to reign uh, on the earth for 10,000 uh, years. And they call it a, a millennial kingdom. So let's uh, uh, go to this Revelation 20th chapter and I will uh, try to uh, show, to uh, explain a little bit how the founder of this organization Dr. Henry, uh, Henry C. Kinley, who had the divine vision and revelation from the creator himself. In other words, he had, you know, the uh, genuine, correct uh, understanding of the Bible, including the book of Revelation. That's how he uh, explained this chapter, not because he had a lot of knowledge or because he read all different uh, kinds of uh, how people explain it, although he did read how other people uh, uh, explain uh, the Bible because this is a research institute, but he didn't take it from any other man or he didn't uh, you know, contrive his own uh, ideas or speculation about it. It was actually revealed to him by the creator himself. So let's start reading um, from uh, the beginning, Revelation chapter uh, 20. <clears throat> and I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into a, the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till a thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. Thank you. So let's, let's stop here and let's um, try to understand uh, what's happening and what this thousand years is talking about. Now we read here that the devil uh, uh, or Satan or this old serpent, he was uh, bound uh, for a thousand years and he didn't deceive anyone for a thousand years. But after the thousand years uh, expired, then he was loosed uh, uh, for a season to deceive people. So Dr. Kinley, was uh, explaining, first of all, it's uh, really important to uh, just focus a little bit on this 1000 years. So 1000 years in contrast to what uh, the religious people, mainly uh, Christianity uh, is uh, uh, teaching and writing book after book about it. These 10,000 years are not literal 10,000 years. This is, a, uh, this is a principle. This is a spiritual uh, number because numbers can have a spiritual meaning. 
So what does this number uh, indicate? Let's go to Second uh, Peter 3 and 8. Second Peter 3 and 8. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with Yahweh as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Thank you. So in Yahweh's uh, calendar or chronology, uh, 1,000 years is one day. So and Dr. And, uh, uh, Dr. Kinney was given a, another example or another very uh, much misinterpreted uh, place in the Bible where Again, people think about the numbers, about the years as literal years and making a, a grave uh, mistakes uh, about what, what was happening. Uh, let's go to, and that's what uh, Dr. Kinley, if you read his transcripts or listen to his lectures, when he was given the lecture on the uh, Revelation 20 chapter on thousand years, he would uh, sometimes give the example from Daniel uh, chapter eight. Please go uh, to Daniel chapter eight and three, start reading uh, from verse 13. And it's not, you know, by chance, you know, we're going to Daniel because the book of Daniel and the book uh, of Revelation, they're really connected. You can see a similar description of the beasts in the Revelation uh, chapter 13, for example, as we read in Daniel chapter 2 and uh, uh, chapter 8, I believe. And uh, because Daniel had a vision and he had a prophetic vision with a similar uh, symbolism as was shown to uh, John on the Isle of Patmos. So let's read Daniel 8, 13 and 14, please. Then I heard one son speaking, and another son saying unto that certain son, which spake, How long shall be the vision concerning the daily sacrifice and the transgression of desolation, to give both the sanctuary and the host to be trodden underfoot? Wait, am I in the right place? You are. Okay. And he said unto me, Unto two thousand and three hundred days, then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. And it came right. to that's, that's what I need. So the sanctuary will be uh, cleansed in uh, uh, 2,300 days. Now, in Yahweh's calendar, we just read that one day is like 1,000 years. 1,000 years is like one day. In another place of the Bible, you know, for Yahweh, sometimes one day is like one year, and one year is one day. Uh, for example, if we uh, remember the story uh, of uh, Exodus of uh, children of Israel out of Egypt, uh, when they sent, shortly after uh, leaving Egypt, they sent the spies uh, into Canaan's land. And the spies came back 
uh, with a good report, but the people didn't believe them. And because of the people's uh, disbelief, uh, Yahweh gave them uh, the year for a day. In other words, they were supposed to go to the uh, Canaan's land uh, in 40 days because it's really 40 day journey there, but because of their disbelief, they were wandering into in the wilderness for uh, 40 years. Now, if we apply to what we read in Daniel, uh, 2,300 days or 2,300 years for the century to be cleansed, uh, now it will uh, uh, come down you know, 1,000 years as one day, as uh, Dr. Kinney was showing, it's not really uh, 2,300 days. And people try to calculate it in, uh, I believe in uh, uh, Seventh-day Adventists trying to calculate this, uh, put these numbers together and they come up with year 1844. So that's when the uh, uh, kind of century was uh, cleansed or uh, the Jesus was supposed uh, to come, but he's doing his work, you know, still in heaven. So they try to, you know, interpret, you know, what uh, happened or actually didn't happen in 1844, according to their predictions based on the literal numbers, if you investigate uh, these um, uh, 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 teachings of uh, Seventh-day Adventists, you will, you will find it out. But Dr. Kinley was saying, based on his vision and revelation, that actually this uh, 2,300 days, which was uh, 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 shown to Daniel, it's uh, two days and uh, one third of the day, or two days and the third of the next day, or it's like the third day, because two days expired and it's the beginning of the third day. And it's, uh, it's all talking about death, burial, resurrection of Yahshua the Messiah, of Yahshua the Messiah. So he was died on uh, he died on uh, Friday and uh, this one day and uh, he was dead on Saturday. It's another day and early in the morning on uh, Sunday, he resurrected. It's, you know, the beginning of the third day. And there are more witnesses, uh, of course, like with the exodus of children of Israel out of Egypt, which also happened on the third day or in the, in the principle uh, on 2,300 2, days, if you take uh, Daniel's number. But uh, for the sake of time, because I want to give time to, uh, to the final speaker, you know, it's, it's just the illustration how uh, 1,000 years is uh, one day. Now, going back to the scripture reading, when we read that the Satan was bound for a thousand years. And Dr. Kinley was uh, uh, teaching that actually 
it's uh, it's referring to one day and what is was this one uh, great or phenomenal day where satan was bound for 1000 years and this was the day of yashua's resurrection from the uh, from the dead and how it was illustrated during this yashua's uh, uh, day of resurrection. Again, Dr. Kinney was showing, we read um, uh, chapter two, uh, and he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. And as a manifestation of what happened during Yashua's uh, death, burial, and resurrection. Satan was incarnated in Judas. And uh, at the time of uh, uh, Yashua's death and resurrection, we read that uh, Judas uh, committed uh, suicide. So, and it's uh, likened to uh, Satan being bound for 1000 years or was was not able you know to do his uh like uh, deceiving and other uh, evil uh, deeds for for this one day or day of yashua's uh, resurrection but then we uh, read about what happened uh, next we read that after that after this thousand years passed it said that he must be loosed for a little season. And we read that right after this uh, day of uh, Yahshua's resurrection, the uh, Satan who was now working with this uh, uh, um, uh, Shakidran uh, council or scribes and uh, uh, Pharisees, so they were uh, plotting because they heard about uh, uh, Yashua's uh, say that he will resurrect in uh, three uh, days. And they uh, uh, asked the guards to, uh, to guard the uh, tomb. And then it was report, re reported that uh, the uh, tomb where Yashua was supposed to be buried, it was open and it was nobody of Yashua. And they told the Roman soldiers to deceive the people and to say that the disciples stole the body of Yahshua the Messiah, which it was this deception originated 2000 years ago. And still nowadays, some people believe that's what actually happened, that it could not be the resurrection because nobody uh, able to raise uh, from the dead, which by the way is true because uh, naturally speaking so, nobody is able to raise from the dead, but Yahshua the Messiah was not a natural man, but he was creator himself, as he said that he had the power to lay down his life and to take it back again. So that's 
how we see in this example how uh, the Satan, you know, was loosed after this 1,000 years of after resurrection day of Yahshua's resurrection and started deceiving uh, the people again. And Dr. Kinney was saying how he's, you know, continued to uh, deceive people for, again, this couple days after this day of resurrection. What do you mean? What do I mean for a couple days? 1,000 years is like one day. One day is like 1,000 years. So for this 2,000 years, or two days in Yahweh's uh, purpose, the Roman Catholic Church is continuing uh, deceiving people about, uh, in different ways about who Yahweh is and what his purpose is. For example, calling Yahshua the Messiah a liar because Yahshua the Messiah said that he came to fulfill these physical ways of worship the Creator or Old Covenant. But the uh, Roman Catholic Church is saying that Jesus Christ came to institute more physical ways of worship uh, our Creator, mainly physical water baptism and uh, Eucharist or Lord Supper. Uh, from the spiritual standpoint, so it's where we're talking about um, what happened, you know, uh, during Yasha's uh, time. But everything what's happening, it's also has a spiritual significance for what's happening with us now in class, because we are deceived before we know the truth, because before we uh, come to this class, as Dr. Kinney was saying, we are coming to this class dead on arrival. And the sp uh, second speaker picked up the scripture in Romans uh, 8, uh, chapter 8 and 6, which says that to be carnally minded is death. And we all were carnally minded or had a condemned uh, conscience uh, because uh, Satan deceived uh, the whole uh, world. Then we hear the true gospel of Yahshua the Messiah. And I mean the true gospel is how Yahshua died. He was buried and rose again according to the scriptures or according to this Old Testament witnesses. We can read about this gospel. I just don't want to take time because I want to work with a couple more things in First uh, Corinthians uh, 15th chapter. So when we uh, hear this uh, true uh, gospel of Yahshua the Messiah, then we are, you know, getting uh, excited about it. So because we are like being uh, transported in this day of uh, Yahshua's resurrection. Or Yahshua is symbolically is resurrected in us. You can view it, you know, this way, this way as well. And in this state and condition, the uh, Satan has no uh, power against us. So he is bound for this thousand years 
or bound for, you know, this time when, uh, you know, this uh, gospel of Yashu is kind of alive uh, in us. But then we uh, continue on because if you look at this, uh, could you show me the tabernacle uh, pattern, please? Maybe in the body of and, and tabernacle um, chart. Rick, thank you. So if you look on the left side, because the uh, salvation of being born again, as the first speaker was talking about, is going according to the uh, tabernacle pattern. And there are three phases in this um, uh, pattern, or three uh, compartments. It's a court route about holy place and the most holy place. So in the court route about, you see, this is, um, uh, you see the altar of uh, sacrifice, you see uh, the water or uh, labor of water with a symbol symbolic of uh, burial. And you see the cup of holy anointing oil, it's symbolic of resurrection. So it's this part, it's just symbolic of uh, hearing the gospel of death, burial, resurrection of Yahshua the Messiah. And then, you know, the, we are crossing the veil, the first veil, and we are in the holy place. And the holy place is the state of growing in the gospel, growing to the knowledge. And uh, you remember the replacement was taking place when the first generation of children of Israel became replaced by the second generation who uh, entered into the most holy place or Canaan's land on a Moses chart. So it's kind of, uh, it's uh, the same way as our old concepts and opinions are being replaced by the true uh, uh, knowledge of Yahshua the Messiah, like uh, concept of Trinity is being replaced by the true uh, concept of unity, the name Jesus has been replaced by Yahshua and so forth. So in this stage, as we all experience one way or another, you know, sometimes we have uh, doubts, sometimes we have struggles, and it's it's really, uh, you know, in the scripture reading, it's showing that after this uh, day or after this, you know, uh, excitement, you know, the uh, uh, Satan being loosed for a time. He's not loosed forever. He is loosed for a time. Until what time? Until we are being transported in this most holy place. And what does it mean to be transported to the most holy place? It means that Yahshua gives us the revelation, what all this correlation means, what all it's all about, what actually name Yahshua means. We can uh, learn this name, we can know this name, we can use this name, we can praise, uh, pray to this uh, and praise this name, but uh, we, we may not actually know that what it means, Yahweh's salvation, trying to help our creator to save us by doing our works and things like that. But then Yahshua gives us understanding or revelation. 
and uh, then uh, and or we receive the Holy Spirit who is working with us with all you know other time as well but then we become receive or become sealed with the Holy Spirit and at this stage uh, uh, Satan has no power over us okay um, oh I see that the time is uh, uh, is running out so I wanted to talk with the uh, other places of the scripture but I leave it to uh, I mean to what what it means to to reign uh, with uh, Yasha well let's let me mention it because I started it so let's let's go uh, down with the scripture reading and continue reading in verse four. Okay, and I saw thrones and they sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Yahshua and for the word of Yahweh, in which had not worshiped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Messiah a thousand years. <clears throat> but the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power. But they shall be <clears throat> uh, priests of Yahweh and of the Messiah and shall reign with him a thousand years. Thank you. I'll just uh, very briefly mention what Dr. Kinney was uh, teaching about that. You see the two groups of people. So one group reigned with uh, Yahshua a thousand uh, years, but the rest of the dead lived not until this thousand years was, uh, were finished. So about the first uh, group of, Yah of the people who reigned with, Yah, with, uh, with the Messiah, with Yahshua, a thousand years. Again, it's not a millennial uh, kingdom. It's not, you know, reigning with Yahshua for 1,000 uh, literal years on the, in the renewed uh, literal earth plane, as Christians and Jehovah's Witnesses are teaching. It's a day of Yahshua's resurrection. Uh, and Dr. Kinley, was uh, quoting Matthew chapter 27. Please read Matthew 27 verses 52 and 53. Hello? Yep. You said 2752? Please. In Matthew. Okay. And the graves were opened and many bodies of the sons which slept. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. Oh, could you pick it up a little bit? Uh, just one or couple of verses before that about the veil being torn. Okay. Um, Yash, uh, 50. Yahshua, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up his, the spirit. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the sons which slept arose. And 
came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Thank you. So, and uh, Dr. Kinney was uh, saying that in Revelation 20th chapter, so it's talking about these, uh, you know, saints uh, who rose during this 1,000 years or during the day of Yahshua's resurrection when uh, the veil in the temple was torn uh, in twain. And this veil in the temple, if you see here, it's the veil between the most holy place and the holy place. And this veil symbolized Yahshua's uh, body or Yahshua's flesh. So when Yahshua's uh, gave us his flesh, the entry, and this is a whole other lecture, but entrance to the most holy place or to the uh, secret uh, or to the understanding of secret things of Yahweh became manifest or became uh, available for the people. Uh, while I'm here, I need to quote uh, Hebrews uh, 10 and 20, please. Hebrews 10 and 20, <clears throat> by a new and living way, which he is consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of Yahweh, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our Thank hearts. Thank you. Free. Right. Yeah. Actually, if you pick it up, just pick it up at 19. I see the sign. Five minutes. Having uh, therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Yahshua, by a new right. and living way. Right. So we have boldness to enter into the most holy place, you know, by the blood of Yahshua, because, he, because of his death, burial, and resurrection. And uh, now this, there is no veil uh, into the most holy place. And uh, it means we can be in unity with our uh, creator. And Dr. Kinney was saying that these people who were raised during the day of Yasha's resurrection, there were saints who uh, were believing uh, Yahweh, Elohim at that uh, time, like uh, Adam, Moses, Abraham, uh, prophets and other uh, patriarchs. So they, uh, they were seen in the vision and they came in the uh, Jerusalem because it's symbolic of uh, heavenly uh, Jerusalem where the spirits of these people, you know, are. But uh, then uh, we read in the scripture reading in the verse five, but the rest of the dead lived not until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. And uh, Dr. Kinney was talking about who are the rest of this dead. And the rest of this dead were apostles. Apostle Peter, Apostle Paul, and John, and everybody else from that time, including our time, who, those who would receive the Holy Spirit from the day of Pentecost until now, until our time. And uh, they didn't leave 
at the time of Yahshua uh, resurrection, they were not resurrected at that time because they have not received the Holy Spirit yet. The Holy Spirit was given on the day of Pentecost. And uh, this is the first resurrection. And in verse six, we read, blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. On such, the second death has no power. And it's, as was already explained uh, by the speakers before me, this first resurrection, and Dr. Kilney, by the way, uh, was saying that Yashu didn't say that I am the resurrections and life. He is the resurrection. So it is the resurrection, which, uh, you know, uh, resurrects our soul from the dead like state from being spiritually dead to being spiritually alive. And how does it happen? Do we have to wait until we die physically and then get before this throne of judgment? No, it happens as again, Dr. Kinley was explaining and as many of us can testify based on our own uh, experience, it happens while we're sitting on the chairs, listening to the true gospel of Yahshua the Messiah, uh, glorifying our creator and testifying that he is uh, resurrection and life and salvation of our soul. So with that, I'll thank you for your attention and all praise and glory be to Yahweh through Yahshua the Messiah. Thank you. Uh, I didn't put it in the chat, but the last speaker will be the Dean of the Ocean Side class Dr. Dennis Volte. I want to say good evening to everybody that is attending tonight, both on YouTube and, and in Zoom. And I'm assuming that everybody can hear me okay? Yes, we can. Uh -huh. All right. Now, I'm just going to pick it up right from where Sasha ended. Because in the beginning of the class, Mike asked a question about the... Uh, uh, the first and second resurrection, the first and second death. And I'll just make a couple of comments on that because I know that uh, Sasha worked with that and, and brought out some very excellent points. Now, these two deaths that we're talking about, let's talk about that first of all. When you come into class, Dr. Kinley said, when you walk in the door, your soul is in a death-like state. You walk in, as he said, dead on arrival, or DOA. Now, that death that your soul has, or that you're under when you walk in the door, is the fact that we are completely in darkness, and we are ignorant of Yahweh and his purpose and plan, and how he actually is and truthfully exists. And... To summarize, we have no consciousness of how we are a part of Yahweh. 
We just don't have any consciousness of that whatsoever. We identify ourselves in this life as being our name that was given to us through our family, and we identify with many of the mindsets and thinking of the world. Now, that's the first death. Now, the resurrection from that, the first resurrection, contrary to what the world thinks, because I know as a Catholic, when I was being raised a Catholic uh, growing up, that they talked about the resurrection of your body, your physical body from the grave at the end of the world and being reunited with the soul. They think that that's the resurrection. Now, Sasha hit on this, and I'm just going to make a point about it. Dr. Kinley talked about when... Yahshua uh, raised Lazarus from the dead. They were all marveling. They were absolutely in awe of the fact that he just called his name and he came up out of that tomb. And Doc said, and he talked about how Yahshua had told the apostles that greater things than this will you do. Now, what could be greater in somebody's mind of having somebody that died be brought back from that state and be alive again? And Doc talked about, Dr. Kinley talked about how that Lazarus, poor Lazarus, had to die all over again and go back to the grave. Now, the, the resurrection, the true resurrection, which is the first resurrection, is the resurrection of your soul from a death-like state, not your physical body. Now, if you look at and I'm not going to go over there and get it because time will not, be, will not permit me to go into all of these different scriptures. But in Ezekiel, where it talks about the valley of the dry bones, the bones are a figure of the inner man or of the soul. And they were all dead bones. They were out there in that valley and they were dry, meaning they had no living water. And so what raised those souls, because that's what the bones were symbolic of, was the resurrection of the soul, not the physical body. But it was manifested by the physical body, uh, where it talks about in Ezekiel how sinews and flesh formed upon them. And unfortunately, the world thinks that that's exactly what that's about, is that everybody's body, physical body, is going to come up out of that tomb or out of that ground, if you will. Now, the soul is what Yahweh has always been primarily concerned about, because it is, after all, the end of his purpose is to gather souls unto him and to clothe them about in his own glory. Now, we'll talk about that a little bit further. But what I want you to realize is the resurrection of the soul, and Dr. Kinley talked about when, when uh, Lazarus died, he had to die all over again. So his resurrection was temporary. Now he said, when you come down to this class, to this school, and hear the true gospel preached, your soul is dead down inside of that body in a dead-like state. As Paul said, to be carnally minded is death. The soul has no light, no understanding, no conscious realization of how Yahweh actually is and truthfully exists. Now, just like in Ezekiel, the resurrection was brought about 
by the preaching of the gospel. He had to prophesy upon them. Now, what happens is when you come down to class, you're sitting on the chair, you brought your grave with you. The grave is your physical body that your soul is buried or inundated in. Now, when the words of truth are spoken, and the revelation is given unto you of those things that are being said, so that it causes an impact down in the core of your soul. Your soul, for the first time, is beginning to see light, ladies and gentlemen, a light that is now glowing and shining out of a dark place, which was the soul that you walked in with. That light is knowledge and understanding and becoming conscious for the first time that there truly is a creator. He does exist, and all things are connected to him, and they are, if you will, they're emanating from that spirit substance. Now, that's why Dr. Kinley had them put uh, on one of the charts that talked about how Yahweh is the source and substance of all things that exist. For you to actually be conscious of that, that you are not an independent operating or, uh, if you will, independent existing creature, that you had to come from something. And I'm not just talking about your physical body now. I know your physical body is a byproduct of biological process, DNA coming together, and so on and so forth. But what I want you to know is, your soul is a product of spirit as well. It is a spiritual entity that is in a death-like state, being in a state of darkness and no awareness or consciousness of not only where you came from, but who you truly are. You are Yahweh's substance because everything was created from spirit. Not just the physical creation that we talk about or the universe, but your soul is also created from spirit. And that spirit is not something that you can shoot, shoot it and it's going to die. Or just like Dr. Kinley used the example when Pharaoh and his army went through that Red Sea. And they were drowned in that Red Sea. Dr. Kinley said that you can't drown a satanic spirit with water. All that did when they went into that sea is disembody those satanic spirits, satanic souls, bring them up out of that physical body where they followed Israel into the wilderness then incarnated in the bodies of those Jews or those Hebrews out there that caused all kinds of strife and, and, and all kinds of problems for Moses out there. Now, what I want you to see is this. Your soul is from that substance of spirit. You literally are Yahweh's substance playing a part in the purpose, whether you're conscious of it or you're not conscious of it. That substance, to become conscious of it, is a game changer because it causes you to have a sense of not only purpose, but realization that all of your endeavors in this life are vain and fruitless unless you come to the true realization of who you really are and where you've come from. You are Yahweh's substance in part, not in totality, but in part, 
being involved in his purpose. And you are preordained, those of you that have been called according to the purpose and have had the Creator reveal these things to you, you are foreordained to become conscious of how you are connected to your Creator and a part of him. And so this consciousness that happens before the body physically dies, it happens when you walk in the door and you sit up under the foolishness of preaching. And that preaching is impactful to your soul and causes a change to take place in you. That is the first resurrection, ladies and gentlemen. Now, the second resurrection is yet to come. Because the second resurrection is when this, as we say, creation is going to be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, and that you are going to come forth out of these physical bodies, should you be, as it were, uh, around when that happens. And even if you're not, if you're over there in the buried down there in the cemetery. Now, let me go over, go over for a minute to Daniel, the 12th chapter, if you wouldn't mind. And I want you to start reading at 1. Daniel 12 and 1. And at that time shall Michael stand up the great prince which stands for the children of thy people. Now this is talking about right down at the end times, ladies and gentlemen, at the end of this, what we call the consummation. Keep reading. And there shall be a time of trouble, which was never, which was never, what, I'm sorry. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to now, the same time. I'm telling you right now, this is the beginning of trouble that we're seeing in this world. We are seeing all kinds of calamity, all kinds of chaos, all kinds of strife, all kinds of division is being manifested in the entire world right now. And it's just going to get worse. The United Nations aren't going to fix it. The ambassadors that go to these countries aren't going to fix it. Yahweh has got everything under control. And he's working his purpose. And there's going to be a time that, of trouble that has not been seen before in the history of mankind. Keep reading. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered. Everyone that shall be found. Now they're going to be delivered. Now listen, you've already been delivered from the world. Now listen to what I'm going to say. When you come in here and you're given this knowledge and it radiates in your heart and mind and in your soul. You have already been freed from the captivity of deception and darkness. You already now are walking in light. You've been delivered from that. But there's going to be a second delivery. Keep reading. Everyone that shall be found written in the book. Now you're going to have, you're going to, have to be written in the book of life. And that was in our scripture tonight. And I'm hoping I'll have enough time to comment on that. Because what we've got is if our names are written in that book of life at the end of this age, there is another delivery that's going to take place. Keep reading. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Now listen, 
That talks about those that have died or physically died and have passed on, and you are walking around in the dust of the earth. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, over in Genesis, Yahweh said man was made from dust, and from dust he's going to return. Now, when you walk in the classroom, you're bringing your dust with you. That is to say, your physical body. And we know that when a person dies and under normal conditions, that the body decays, it turns into dust. It just falls apart, and it's just dust. And we talk about ourselves being uh, pushing up daisies, meaning that our body could give fertile fertilization to plants that are growing, which is probably true. But what I want to say is this. You walk in, and your, your inner man is dead you're, you're down in that dust, that physical body, and the, the number of the flesh is six. So you're, in a sense, and I'm putting this together, you're buried six feet under in that physical body that you walk in with. Now, many that sleep in the dust of the earth, now you have been, were asleep when you walked in the door. Now, we talked about it being death. Remember when Yahshua was, was uh, confronted about a, 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 a daughter that was dying, and this uh, parent came to him and asked him to help the daughter so that she wouldn't die, and he said, she's just sleeping. And he said the same thing about Lazarus. Now that death and sleep can be synonymous. So when you walk in the door, you walk in there completely non-conscious of reality. And Yahweh is all that is real, ladies and gentlemen. And you are asleep down in the dust of the earth. As many as slept in the dust of the earth, read. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to They're going to awake. Life. Some are going to awake to everlasting life, read. And some to shame and everlasting contempt. Now listen, the awakening can be can go one way or the other. Now, being awoke to everlasting life, we know that everlasting life is this, that this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true Yahweh, and Yahshua whom thou hast sent. Eternal life is not you having information about that, but that you are conscious of it. That's the kind of know we're talking about. We're not talking about you can recite information you've learned down here. We want there to be a consciousness. Now, I want to make this point clear before I go any further. You cannot make yourself conscious of these things. You cannot make yourself conscious that you are a part of Yahweh. You have to have help with that. And only Yahshua can raise you to that conscious awareness by revelation of the gospel that's being preached. And that revelation has the ability to quicken to quicken the soul, to impregnate it with the words of eternal life and cause the process, just like in physical childbirth, when the ovum is impregnated with that genetic package that's in the sperm, it gives the ovum the instructions now how to start building a body. And changes start to take place rapidly, as you already know. Now, that's the same thing that Dr. Kelly said, the same way you're born from beneath is the same way you're born from above. So here are the words of eternal life that are being preached in class. And Yahshua said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. And he likened the preaching of the gospel to a man going out sowing seeds in his field. 
And those seeds, as soon as it went into the hearts of some of these people, said the wicked one was there to try to snatch it out of their heart, to pull it out of there. Now, those seeds, those words, are the seeds that impregnate the soul, that cause the soul to undergo a change and to bring that soul to consciousness, be awakened. And that effect of that revelation is going to bring joy and peace in your life. And that's what it is. The gospel is the only peace you will truly find in this life. Once you embrace it, once you understand it, once it's plain to you, and Yahshua has to cause that to happen, and without him, you're never going to cause yourself to be conscious of the reality of Yahweh. Just forget about that. Yahshua is the only one that knows the Father. He's the only one that can reveal the Father to us, and not just talk about Yahweh, but to make us conscious of it. Now, some were woken to that. That awakening is the second, is the first resurrection when you walk in. Now, the second uh, death uh, are, uh, is the people that um, at the end have died physically so, and that is where we read that some shall awake to everlasting contempt and shame. Now, that everlasting contempt and shame is the second death. That's a description of what we read about over here in Revelations about those that are cast into the lake of fire and, and punished for everlasting uh, uh, time because their names are blotted out of the book of life. They're not written in there any longer. And your name is in that book of life. Dr. Kinley, there's a transcript where he talks about how that, the name that your parents gave you and the name that Yahshua or Yahweh will give you is written in that book. Now, there are those that have come down to class and have learned some things that they were taught down here and then later decided to abandon it, to let it go, to not, uh, uh, if you will, embrace it and hang on to it. Now, that is a foolish person because you are putting your entire existence in a very dangerous position by walking away from the gospel. Why? Because as we read the other night in our class, we had, uh, Yahshua had talked about building your house on a rock, not on the ground or the earth. Well, when people walk out of class, it's because they're still going to hang on to something in the flesh that they're not willing to uh, let go of. And so after this life, and I tell you, life is truly short. And as Paul said, it's just a vapor. And without you recognizing the preparation that is taking place in your soul to prepare you for everlasting peace and righteousness and joy in Yahshua, for you to sell your birthright is the biggest mistake you'll ever make because your name will be blotted out of that book once you, once you cut yourself off from hearing the true gospel preached. You're not going to flourish. And you know, people think, well, I learned all this stuff. I think I got enough down there. I don't need to go down there anymore. I knew somebody once that was somebody that was involved in trimming trees. And he, that's what he did for, for a, a, his livelihood. And he talked about how they would cut a branch off and they would set that branch on the, uh, over uh, near the curb once they trimmed that tree later to come and pick that tree, that branch up and clear it out of there because they did entire streets. This person worked for a city. 
uh, and they had they couldn't get all gathered all at the same time. So here's what I'm telling you. He talked about how he would drive by it on his way to work and see that those branches and the leaves and everything still looked green. But as the branch sat there and was no longer connected to the trunk, it was not receiving sap and nourishment. It withered and then became uh, the, the leaves fell off and, the, and it just withered and it was a dead branch. Now, if you cut yourself off from this class, you cut yourself off from the branch. The branch is Yahshua the Messiah. He's uh, not the branch. I meant the trunk. Yahshua is the trunk. He said, I am the vine. You are the branches. You cut yourself off from hearing the gospel preached and continuously renewing you in the spirit of your mind, as Paul talks about in one of his epistles. The sap will dry up in you, or the, the things that are important, the things that you have come to know, will dry up in you, and you will wither and die spiritually. And the second death is everlasting death. That is for you to have been, to be cast into the lake of fire where there is no hope. There is no chance of you ever coming out of that state. In fact, Dr. Kinley talked about this. He said that if the devil ever knew how bad the lake of fire is going to be, he said he would repent. Even the devil doesn't know how bad it's going to be. Because that lake of fire is Yahweh pouring out his wrath without any mixture of love. No compassion, no mercy, no forgiveness. That's, that's enough to scare the living you know, that's a, that's really a scary thought, ladies and gentlemen. And I'll tell you this right now. I don't want no parts of that. I want to stay to the in the place that I know I have some hope of being accepted at the end of this age. And that's what this gospel is. You stay in this gospel, ladies and gentlemen. You keep coming to class and fight the devil off when he's trying to get you to quit on this. Don't quit because the second death cannot be undone. The first death can be overcome, and you've already gone through that when you walked in the door. Now, the second death is what we don't want no parts of. We don't want our names blotted out of that book. Now, let's go back over for a minute to our scripture reading. And I want, I can't read the whole thing, so I want you to start at, uh, obviously we can't, not in 10 minutes, so I want you to go to 12 to start with. 12. <clears throat> and I saw the dead. Small wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm looking up here. Oh, boy. That's too far. Let's see. I got to go up further. Oh, gosh. Satan loosed. Uh, I don't want to. I'm going to read one verse. Let's see. Re read six, and then we're going to cut down from six. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. Now well, that first resurrection is you receiving the Holy Spirit. That's the first resurrection. And you're blessed because Yahweh has given that to you. You didn't earn it. Read. Uh, the first resurrection on such, the second death has no power. Now, the second death isn't going to have any power if the Holy Spirit be in you. And I want you to know this, that the Holy Spirit 
is permanent under this covenant. It's not temporary. You didn't once have it, and then all of a sudden you lost it. If that true Holy Spirit abides within you, he will preserve you down to the end and keep you supporting and being a part of the preaching of the gospel of salvation and will deliver you from the uh, trials and tribulations that the devil is going to try to wear you out and break you down. And I'm telling you, there's, he has no, uh, uh, he, he's relentless. He has no, uh, uh, you know, he, he never runs out of energy to try to cause you to be lost. See, he's full of wrath when he was cast out of the angelic and he wants to cause as many souls as possible to be lost and go to the lake of fire with him. Keep reading. Did you want me to skip down to like 10 or something? I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Can you speak up? Did you want me to skip down? Read six again. Okay. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power. But he shall be priest of Yahweh and of the Messiah and shall reign with him a thousand Now you're going to be made a priest, ladies and gentlemen. Now i got to cut down because I don't want to work with all this other stuff with the devil there and coming in the earth. It's, in fact, it's already done by Sasha. All right. All right. Read. Um, okay, so we know that the devil goes out and deceived. Uh, go to 18 now. Or not 18, 10. I'm sorry. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Now, they're going to be in there for the rest of eternity, ladies and gentlemen. Now, let's see. Eleven. I saw a great white throne, and he that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. There was found no place for them. Now, I want you to know this, that that that's sitting on the throne is Yahshua the Messiah in all of his glory. Now, when Yahshua appears, I see the five minute, when Yahshua appears at the end of this age in all of his glory, you're going to see him as he really is and actually exists in a super incorporeal body that not even the universe can stand in the presence of that. That's why when it says, when you shall see his face, the heavens are going to flee away from him. That is to say, the whole universe is going to be dissolved. Keep reading. 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before Yahweh. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the book Sorry, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea now, gave now, go ahead. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and the dead and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And Keep death going. And hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now listen, listen. The second resurrection is when you come up out of these physical bodies, ladies and gentlemen, at the end of this age, and receive an immortal glorified body that's going to be just like the one Yahshua himself appears in at the end of this age. 
that's the sec second resurrection. You're rising up from this existence to a, uh, an immortal existence to immortality in glory, in glory. And I also want to make remind you that when Yahshua dissolves this creation and you are caught up with him in that state, we as a family, and I say we, I mean all whose names are written in that book of life, and I'm talking about the entire angelic host as well, are going on into a new creation. Nobody is in that creation yet. Both the lake of fire and the new heaven and earth state has not been experienced yet. The devil has not experienced and known what the lake of fire truly is going to be like, nor has anybody gone into the new heaven and new earth state. That's all going to be revealed at the end of this age. And I want you to know that that you being a, a member of the body of Yahshua, coming up out of this flesh, receiving an immortal glorified body, there is not going to be any recollection of being in this creation once it, he dissolves it. And you are going to be risen from this state that we're in to a much higher state, much the same as when a caterpillar goes up and is, goes into that chrysalis and has its body broken down and changed. And when it uh, emerges as a new creature, of great beauty, and is no longer bound to the earth, crawling across the ground, but is a heavenly creature now, in that the butterfly flies and draws its all of its uh, energy and its uh, food from what is known as nectar, using an astucian tube to draw it out of these flowers and where it eats. That nectar, in the dictionary definition, means food of the gods. We will be as... Elohims, ladies and gentlemen, at the end of the sage, drawing from the nectar of Yahshua the Messiah, going on continuing to learn of Yahweh and his great existence as revealed to us by his son, Yahshua the Messiah, to the rest of the body. That is the second resurrection that we're all waiting on, because that promise has not come to pass yet. We, we read it every time we have class, we, have, we read that tenth thing. And that is to inherit uh, an immortal glorified body at the end of this age. And, and listen, those things have to be taken on faith, which means you have to believe that Yahweh will keep his promise. We haven't gotten that yet. And we, many of us are, you know, feeling aches and pains as we age. But remember, when he takes away this body, the body that you'll receive will never have to suffer will never have uh, uh, any kind of uh, problems or uh, will not have any uh, uh, sorrow or tears. All of that's going to be wiped away. And that is the second resurrection. We've already had the first resurrection. The second is on its way. You just have to hang in here to the end. And that's why Yahshua said to him that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. So you're going to have to you have to continue staying connected to class, and you're going to have to accept all of the hardships that all of us have to go through in this life, and recognize that Yahshua uh, is with you; He has not abandoned you, and remain faithful. And so, with that, I'm right at the mark. I have to cut off my lecture now. I hope you learned something. I hope you got something out of it.
I'm going to turn it back to the moderator. And peace and love to all the brethren in Yahshua. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for joining us this evening. The Madison class holds Zoom class every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And we hope that you will join us again. A reminder to please stay muted until the live stream is ended. Now for the doxology taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. The only wise Yahweh, our savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our sovereign, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Let us all say, hallelujah.